today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You know how artists, they put their name on the finished work? We're a work in progress. We are His workmanship. He is purifying us and He's shaping us and He's making us in the image of His Son. You know what the goldsmith does when he's all finished? He knows it's pure, that all the impurities are gone and scraped off the top. He knows it's pure when he can see his image reflected in that gold. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. You are God's workmanship. In today's message with Pastor J.D., he teaches you that God is at work refining you into His image. He's refining you through the hardships, valleys, and trials, but also through the high peaks and mountaintops. He's using all of these experiences to mold you more into the image of Christ. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. It was in one of those times where I'm just crying out to Him in my grief. I mean, just deep, deep grief. And basically, He ministered to me this. I gave you her because I knew you could handle this. Think about this. What if my eyes are searching to and fro throughout the earth looking for a mother and father that I could entrust a daughter to, knowing that they would only have her for a very short period of time and that it would be the most painful experience of their lives? Who can I entrust with that daughter? I can't imagine God choosing anyone else. I'm so glad He chose us to have Noel. Can't even imagine. It's, it's unthinkable to even imagine that God would have given her to somebody else who could have handled it. And I'll tell you, that, that verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, I was hanging on to it by my fingernails spiritually. I was hanging on to it for dear life because I had to keep reassuring myself by faith, okay, God, this did not catch you off guard. It's not like God was in heaven going, what? You gave Noel to them? When did this happen? Why why didn't you let me know? No, God ordained it. God allowed it. God chose it and chose us for it. So in that, I had to reassure myself, okay, God, this is hard, but clearly you've allowed this because you know that we can handle this, that we're a worthy recipient of such a painful trial. And I'll tell you what, it changed everything. It changed everything for me, seeing it that way. I'll tell you, the sharpening of the spiritual saw of our lives came during that time. 
And that's something that is woven into the fabric of this aforementioned verse in 1 Corinthians 10.13, because it's very interesting. You, You can almost miss it at first read. Paul says that it's in and through the trial that he provides the way of escape so that you can bear up under it. In other words, it's like James says, how am I going to get the endurance and perseverance to make it through this trial? You ready for it? Wait for it. In the trial. Wait, what? Yeah. You're telling me that the endurance and the perseverance to make it through this trial comes by making it through the trial? Yeah. How about this? How am I going to sharpen my saw? Oh, you know what happens when you sharpen a saw? Friction, heat, it's fiery hot. It's like Peter says, he describes the goldsmith that takes our faith like gold and subjects it to the intensity of the heat the fire, and that gold gets heated up. And then what comes up? All the impurities, all the dross. And then the goldsmith takes and he scrapes off that dross that only came to the surface and came out so he could because of that fire, that hot, that heat. That's why he says, don't despise it. Those fiery trials, don't think them some strange things. God is allowing that. He's purifying you. You're his poema in the original language where we get our English word for poem. You're his workmanship. You're his work of art. You know how artists, they put their name on the finished work. We're a work in progress. We are His workmanship. He is purifying us, and He's shaping us, and He's making us in the image of His Son. You know what the goldsmith does when he's all finished? He knows it's pure, that all the impurities are gone and scraped off the top. He knows it's pure when he can see His image reflected in that gold. I think about the potter. Jeremiah likens God as the potter and us as the clay. I think Isaiah does too. It's poetic. It's majestic. We write songs about it. You know, that that hymn of old again, thou art, have thine own way, Lord. Have thy, and we sing it with, with such zeal and joy. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after Thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. You know what you just sung? Oh, check this out. He's the potter, right? Yeah, I just said that. I just sung that. I'm the clay, right? Yeah just said that. And I just said, mold me and make me and shape me after your will while I'm waiting, yielded and still. Okay, you asked for it. He takes that clay, which is dirt. That's we're but dirt, (laughs) but dust. He takes the clay, our lives, and he puts it on that potter's wheel. Have you seen this? Do a, watch a YouTube video on what potters do. It's not pretty, not initially, 
So they take that clay and they put it on the potter's wheel and they, they start shaping it and, and they take their hand and they just jab it inside and get all the gook out to make this vessel, this work of art. And then, <laughs> that's when it starts getting really interesting because then they turn on the potter's wheel and it starts spinning. And you're going, oh God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? Ah. You told me, mold me and make me after thy will. <laughs> well, I'm doing what you're saying. You, you meant that, right? Yeah, I didn't know it was going to involve this. You know the beautiful shape of that vessel? The potter takes his hand and he just, boom! <laughs> well, that's where the shape comes from. As you're spinning a hundred miles an hour around that wheel. And then finally, the wheel stops. Oh, Lord, what was that about? Oh, we're not done yet. We're not? No. And he takes you off that potter's wheel and he puts you in the kiln, appropriately named. You're killing me, God. You're killing And he turns the furnace up. Isaiah says it like this. He chooses the furnace of affliction to refine you. Okay, we got a problem. I don't want the furnace of affliction to be refined. I would not like it to be the furnace of affliction that refines me. I would like it to be the beaches of Hawaii that refine me. It doesn't work that way. So he puts you in that kiln, he turns that furnace up, and I mean fiery hot. He's not done yet. He takes you out of there, and then he starts the painting, the decorating, and then when he's all done, he's got this vessel that he uses for his purpose and his glory, and he puts his name of ownership on it. Well, I want that. Is there any way we can get right to that part and skip the... No! That's how it works. I don't know how we got from sharpening the saw to killing the clay, but <laughs> I think you get the point. Verse 11, the serpent may bite when it is not charmed. The babbler is no different. Again, you'll forgive me for chuckling, but you know what he's saying here? He's saying, if someone talks stink to you about someone else, they're going to talk stink about you to someone else. It's going to bite. The, the serpent, when not charmed, is like the babbler. There, there's no difference. The talker, they talk too much. Verse 12, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. I think about the Apostle Paul when he talks about that our words should be seasoned with grace. You know, one of the things I'm learning, I wish I had learned this, past tense, I'm still learning, and it's that it's not so much what you say, it's how you say what you say, said in a gracious way, in a loving way, and that's the words of a wise man. His mouth is gracious, but the lips of a fool shall swallow him up. The words of his mouth begin with foolishness, and the end of his talk is raving madness. A fool, verse 14, also multiplies words. No man knows what is to be. Who can tell him what will be after him? In other words, don't be a talker. Don't talk too much. 
You just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. You know how it is. And you know, again, maybe somebody's going to come to mind. There are just people, you know, that if you start talking with them, you better get your pajamas and your toothbrush because it's going to be a while. You'll, you'll never, they'll never stop. And verse 15 is along those lines. He says, the labor of fools wearies them, for they do not even know how to go to the city. Here Solomon is talking about the know-it-all. I mean, just like we're going to avoid the one who talks too much, the talker, so too are we going to avoid the know-it-all. I mean, my goodness, you can't tell them anything. They know everything. Just ask them. They'll tell you, I know everything. I'm a know-it-all. And what Solomon's saying here is they don't know what they're talking about. They don't even know how to go to the city. They're a fool. And they just keep talking like they know everything, and they know nothing. (laughs) Anyway, verse 16. Woe to you. Now whenever you read woe in the Bible, it's not like, whoa. It's not a cool thing. It's a curse thing. It's, It's... A curse, woe, a curse to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, conversely, verse 17, O land, when your king is the son of nobles, and your princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness, verse 18, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Okay, what's this about? Well, he's talking about rulers, leaders, those in positions of authority who have no interest in working hard. They have no interest in taking responsibility. All they're interested in is partying and getting drunk. They're partiers and They're lazy, and it's just a matter of time before things start to deteriorate. And when things start to deteriorate, you would think that they would take ownership, take responsibility, and roll up their arm sleeves and start doing something about it, but they don't. What what are they going to do? Oh, that's verse 19. He says, a feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Now let me hasten to say that this is not what you think it says. Because, I mean, let's be honest, you come away with, and boy, is this not a, an occasion for misquoting Scripture. Money's the answer for everything. It's right here in the Bible. That's not what it's saying. <laughs> well then, if that's not what it's saying, what is it saying? Here's what it's saying. Okay, now in its context, you've got a situation now where things have just deteriorated because those responsible and in charge and in those positions of leadership and authority have partied, they're lazy, they've done nothing, and now everything's falling apart. So what's going to happen? Oh, they're not going to take the blame for the problems that are really their fault, because all they did was party. They're going to say this, no, we're... We're not to blame. We need more money. That's the answer. That's what I'm saying. We'll just throw more money at it. That's the answer. No, but you guys should have done something about this. You guys need to roll up your arm sleeves and get to work. You lazy, 
I'll let you fill in that blank. Oh, that was close. Lost my sanctification there for a minute. No, not that bad. I wasn't thinking about a dirty word. Don't think. That's that's on you. I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking other words. But I'm going to move on right now. Verse 20. (laughs) Do not curse the king, even in your thought. Do not curse the rich, even in your bedroom. In other words, in privacy. For a bird of the air may carry your voice, and a bird in flight may tell the matter. This is another case where a modern day saying originated from the Word of God. Here's the saying, doubtless you've heard it. A little bird told me. It's from right here. That's where it came from. You know what, you know what really bugs me? Is when the world takes the credit for that which God in His Word said. You know, here's an example. This is a true story. Uh, many years ago, they, they did this study, this, this research project, spent I don't know how many millions of dollars, and they concluded in this, this research that laughter is medicinal. I'm like, really? Oh, that's right here in, in the Bible. You totally plagiarized the Word of God. You could have given those millions of dollars to the church. I could have told you that. You didn't have to go through all that. It's right here in the Bible. A merry heart does good like medicine to the bones. Right here. And you spend how many millions of dollars? And then you you take credit for it. You get certificates. You get degrees. My research. My thesis. Really? And and they take credit for it. Don't get me started on that. I already got myself started on that. But that's where this saying comes from. Now, what's this point? Well, here's the point, and it's, it's a good one. You might think that you're saying something in private, and it's in all confidentiality. You know you're in trouble when you couch it in terms when you're telling someone something about someone else. That just between you and me. No, it's not. Where's that bird? No, that's what it's saying. You might think that it's, it's just between us. It's, just, it's confidential. Oh, forget it. A bird, somehow, some way. Oh, yeah, but that was just in the privacy of our bedroom. How did they hear about it? A little bird told them. Here's the point, here's the takeaway, and we'll bring the Bible study to an end. Hear me out on this. This is a good principle to live by, and die by, if you go up against it. This is one of those principles, you don't break, it breaks you. You go up against it, you're the one (laughs) that's going to be broken into pieces. Here it is. Never say anything about anyone that you wouldn't want them to hear about. Did you hear? No, what? Oh, the proverb says that's a, that morsel of gossip. It's so delicious. Ooh, juice. And it goes down. Ooh. What else? No, yes. Oh, my goodness. So then you go to somebody else. Hey, did you hear? Oh, no way. 
Oh, we're good about it. We're, we're, we're spiritual about it. Hey, we need to pray for so-and-so. What happened? Oh, did, you didn't hear? <laughs> really? Really? How about you say something about someone and they hear that you said that about them? And instead of them reacting with, oh, they react with, oh, wow. If we took this to heart and we took heed to this one simple truth in God's Word, oh my, how it would change the complexion of every conversation. I will never say anything about anyone that if they heard that I said that about them, you know, you know that saying, no greater lie was ever told or sung. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How do you do that? Because here, here's how it works with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can absolutely devastate you hear that somebody said that about you? You know, this tongue, James says, and, and we'll close with this, will be my final closing of the Bible study, but James says that this, this tongue can set a forest fire ablaze, that man can control large ocean liners, these huge ships with a small rudder. We can tame these wild beasts but we can't tame this tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death. You can kill somebody with your tongue. You can assassinate their character. And this goes back, in fact, it comes full circle. Stay with me. This is really important. It comes full circle to the first verse in this chapter. Just one fly of an accusation can destroy the character of somebody walking in integrity. You can destroy them. I've seen churches destroyed. I've seen marriages destroyed. I've seen families destroyed. I've seen the kids who want nothing to do with God, want nothing to do with God's people. They'll never darken the door of a church again because of what they saw happen. What did they see happen? Oh, it's like Paul writing to the Galatians, you better be careful. You're backbiting and gossiping and talking stink about everyone. If you don't stop, this is, this is straight up, man. This is real talk, okay? If you don't stop doing that, you're going to devour one another. You're going to destroy one another. That's how powerful that is. And that's how serious that is. Never say anything about anyone that you wouldn't want them to hear that you said. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes, both challenging us to seek the lasting things and encouraging us to look at how we spend our days. Throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, we get a peek into the mind of its writer and how he lived. We see how he tried everything the world had to offer, and it still left him feeling empty. In fact, he writes that all he sought was in vain. Can you relate? 
Do you find yourself seeking the things of the world? Are you putting your hope in the meaninglessness and empty things of the world? If so, be encouraged. You don't have to spend your days wondering where your help comes from. Scripture tells us it comes from the Lord. So seek Him and He will fill you afresh. We hope today's message has been encouraging to you in your walk with Jesus. If you're wrestling in your walk, though, we'd love to pray for you. Just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Contact under the About tab. We'd love to hear from you, and we're available to answer any questions you may have. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Feel free to invite your family and friends, too. And be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in next time to learn more from the book of Ecclesiastes with Pastor J.D. right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 